and their occupation by foreign troops is an act of self-defense and of liberation on the part of the democratic West. The aggressiveness of the Islamic world in particular is proven by the very fact that large parts of it are under American Western occupation and more areas still are provoking such liberating <laughs> occupation. Democratic governments are of the people, by the people, and for the people. In democracy, no one rules over anyone, but the people rule themselves and are hence free. Taxes are contributions and payments for services rendered by government, and tax debaters are accordingly thieves who take without pay. And harboring fugitive thieves is then again an act of aggression against the people from whom they flee. Private property, markets, and profit making are good and useful institutions, but democratic government must see to it through proper legislation that private property profits are acquired and used in a socially responsible way and that markets function efficiently. Moreover, markets and profit-motivated business cannot produce public goods and thus satisfy social needs and they cannot take care of the truly need. Social needs and the need can be taken care of only by government. Government alone, through the funding of public goods, and support given to the needy can enhance the public good, the public welfare, and reduce, if not entirely eliminate, neediness and the number of the need. In particular, government social policy must control the private vice of greed and profiteering. Greed and profiteering were also the root cause of the present economic crisis. Reckless financiers created an irrational exuberance in the public that has finally found upon reality. The market manifestly failed, and only government is ready to save the situation. And only government, through proper regulation and supervision of the banking industry and financial markets, can prevent anything like this from ever happening again. Banks and businesses went bankrupt, but government and their central banks stood tall and protected savers' money and progress jobs. Advised now by the best and best paid economists in the world, governments have discovered the cause of the crisis and determined that to get out of the current economic mess, people must both consume more and invest more. Every penny, however, hoarded under the mattress is a penny withheld from present consumption and investment, and so it diminishes future consumption and investment. In a recession, under all circumstances, and above all, spending must be increased. And if the people do not spend enough of their money, then government must do it for them with its money. Why the governments are equipped to do so? Because their central banks can produce all necessary liquidity. If billions of dollars um, or euros will not do it, trillions will. And if trillions will fail to do the trick, then quadrillions should Only massive government spending can avert an otherwise unavoidable economic meltdown. Unemployment, in particular, is a result of underconsumption, of people not having enough money to buy consumer goods, and it must be cured by giving them higher money wages or higher unemployment benefits. And once the current economic crisis has been solved, 
governments can and must again turn to the truly pressing among the remaining problems confronting mankind. The elimination of all unfair discrimination as the ultimate desideratum of democratic egalitarianism and the control of the global environment and in particular the world climate. Essentially, all humans are equal. Differences are only apparent and skin deep and insignificant. Some people are white, some brown, and some black. Some are tall and others are short. Some have penises and others have vaginas. Some speak English and others Polish or Chinese. Some have cancer and others don't. But these are all accidental human characteristics. Some people happen to have them and others not. However, from such accidental differences, only trivial consequences fall, such that the tall can reach higher up, that blacks can ever hide in the dark, that only women can bear children, or that some people will die sooner than others. But accidental differences such as these have no systematic bearing on mental traits such as motivational energy, high preference, or intellectual prowess. And as such, they are without explanatory power concerning economic and social success, in particular income, professional status, and position. Mental traits have no physical or biological or ethnic basis and are infinitely malleable. Um, everyone, except for a few pathological cases, is like everyone else in this regard. And every people throughout history have made an equal contribution to civilization. Seemingly apparent differences are solely the result of different external circumstances and training opportunities. If properly situated uh, and trained, everyone is capable of the same achievements. All income and achievement differences between whites and Asians and blacks, between women and men, Latinos, Anglos and Thais, and Hindus, Protestants, and Muslims would vanish and disappear. Whites would be brought up, could be brought up to compete on a par with blacks for the highest prizes in the NBA, in the 100-meter sprint, and in long-distance running, and blacks could compete with whites and Asians in mass, chess, and engineering. If it is found instead that the representation and distribution of various accidental groups in various social positions and income wealth and professional status is unequal, then this shows unjustified discrimination, and such discrimination must be rectified by appropriate affirmative action programs by which the discriminators must compensate the unjustly discriminated. There is thus one possible exception from this general principle of human equality and the evil of discrimination, because beyond any reasonable doubt, there was one crime in history committed by one particular people against one particular other people that is the greatest and most atrocious crime of all times. It cannot be ruled out that this uniquely criminal disposition on the part of one people and this unique victim status of one other people has genetic roots. And insofar as this possibility cannot be ruled out, it is only fair that the collectively guilty must continue to compensate the collective victims, and everyone else must give this one victim group its special due and discriminating respect. Hand in hand with the efforts to eradicate the evil of discrimination, 
democratic government must tackle the fundamental task of overcoming the excessive human particularism, the individualism, the localism, the provincialism, the regionalism, the nationalism, which is still ingrained in the minds of most people and promote instead the ideal of universalism and of the universal man and the interests of humanity as such. The necessity of this policy is demonstrated most dramatically by the dangers of global climate change. As a result of countless selfish acts, the unregulated production and consumption of various non-renewable sources of energy, the whole globe is threatened by unimaginable catastrophes of tidal waves, sharply and suddenly arising sea levels, and the emergence of momentous ecological imbalances and instabilities. Only through worldwide concerted government action and ultimately the establishment of some supranational world government and through minute scientifically validated and worldwide administered and enforced behavioral regulations of all production and consumption activities can these life-threatening dangers be avoided. The mind will give for iron is how the Nazis framed it. In English, public welfare comes before private welfare. And this, about all, is what the problem of climate change demonstrates, and it's up to government to finally put this principle into action. The property and freedom society, and most, I, most certainly I personally, consider all of this that I have just told you as upper nonsense, as just crazy. Um, and then dangerous nonsense as that. Yet this is essentially what we can hear and read day in and day out in the mainstream media and what is proclaimed by every respectable expert and eminence. Only few people can see, can see through the entire charade and even less have the courage to speak up against it. It is the purpose of the Property and Freedom Society in its meetings to assemble such people to frontally attack at this entire craziness and the ruling class that perpetrates it on us and to have fun doing it, at least while we are still permitted to have fun. <laughs> so with this, we will open the formal sessions and let's have fun.